Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Nathan Kephart. Hey, how's it going, Nate? Oh, it's going great, man. How you doing? Oh, it's a beautiful sunny day in Las Vegas. How about yourself? Uh, it's a beautiful sunny day in Oregon. All right. I love it. Which part? Uh, just south of Eugene. Okay. Fantastic. It was uh, kind of rainy there yesterday, wasn't it? No, it was sunny. Uh, it was rainy last week. Okay. Uh, interviewed somebody from Eugene yesterday, and she's like, it's rainy. It's like, all right. Uh, uh, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, Nate, why don't you begin? Just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll kind of roll into it. Um, I, I don't know. I'm a fabricator. Um, so, I work with steel, welding, forming metal, cutting metal. Um, I've been playing video games since I was like six uh, we started back with the Intellivision, with the weird little uh, controller that looked like a telephone with a weird little stick on it. Um, I don't know. There's really not a lot to tell, I guess. All right. Well, uh, I love it. We'll talk about all of that in just a second. But before I get into that, I ask every guest a single question. I'm going to ask you just like I ask everybody else. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you, Nate? Um, about average weirdness. About five. Why do you say that? Uh, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little bit calmer on my weirdness, I guess, you know. Uh, I don't know. All right. So I, that's actually the perfect answer. That's the answer I want to be hearing from gamers because most of my guests are like, I'm a 12. No, I think we're all, we're all pretty much equally weird across the board, right? Yeah, we should be anyway, you know. All right. All right. So you kind of told me you start with the Intellivision. Can you um, give me more of your gaming background? Like, how did that progress? So obviously, you start with a joystick, and then you ended up here today. Well, um, so we had the Intellivision. I don't know when my parents got it, and uh, we played that. We only had like five or six games. We didn't have a lot of money. And then I think I was like seven or eight when we got the Nintendo. And then we were pretty much going to be stuck with that forever. And then uh, when I was 12, I broke my leg and my uncle gave me a Super Nintendo because I was stuck at the house with a broken leg. And then uh, I started working. I got the 64, uh, got the Sega Genesis, did the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, original Xbox. I mean, I've just, until it was the 360, <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> until it was the 360 the xbox 360 that was when i mainly just focused on playing xbox games i stopped playing playstation games but with the new generation of playstation coming out and looking at the games that they have and i'm kind of want one but i don't really feel i don't know it's hard to spend that kind of money for a handful of games you know what i mean Sure, it really depends on the games. I mean, the systems are eh, until yeah. something comes out worth playing. Yeah, so, and I do, I have a small YouTube channel. I have like 48 followers. <clears throat> and uh, I had to figure out how to record the Xbox. The Xbox is so hard to record it uh, without spending a bunch of money to do it. So the PlayStation is actually really easy to do that. And so that's also a thing where it's like, do I make the jump, go to the PlayStation so it's easier for me, or do I stick with the Xbox, hope with the new one? They kind of fix that kind of being able to get your stuff out there easier or uh, or what, you know? It's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a tough 
tough question on that, you know. Okay, right on. Uh, what what do you play at the moment? Uh, I just started playing Rage Two uh, just a couple of days ago. I usually play Apex with some friends, um, but mostly I like the RPGs. Um, that's another reason I want the, the PlayStation is they just remastered Final Fantasy VII, oh, I know, and right? so. I busted out the old Final Fantasy VII and played it all the way through again. I just really want to play the new one, but what are you going to do? You know, I drop $400 on a console and, and buy one game. That's right. Well, there are plenty of other good games on the PlayStation, but, you know, obviously it's just an added expense. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole console. I wish – I know that it's only a year exclusive on PlayStation, so we'll see if it does come to the Xbox, but that's a long time to wait. I'm kind of impatient. For sure, but at least on the Xbox, you got Gears, which is like my all-time favorite series. Yeah, I do. I do like Gears War. Okay, so let's talk on the the preneur side. Um, you're a fabricator. What does that mean? That like sounds so cool. Well, um, we build all kinds of stuff out of steel. I mean, uh, from the super mundane to like you go to the grocery store and they have like the flower section and they got the little rack that the extra bags to put the flowers in so they don't leak on the floor those little wire racks i've built those um we built parts of bridges we've built stuff for the military we've giant recycling machines right now we're doing um johnson thermal systems if you go on youtube there's a video and uh we're building the giant diesel tank that goes underneath of them and it's a lot of work to get those things done, but I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to see it afterwards. You know, you just see like this pile of parts and then afterwards, here's this functioning thing, you know, and it, it has a purpose and it's going to go somewhere and it's going to, you know, do this. And it's, it's kind of cool. You know? That is really cool. Um, maybe you can kind of like walk me through the process of steel, because this is something I've never studied before. Like, how, do you guys just start with slag and then melt it down and then like, how does this work? No, we, uh, we buy from a, we're a steel distributor plus a fabrication shop. So we buy steel from a steel mill and that's all kinds, that's flat steel, that's round stock, that's solid bars, that's angle iron, um, I-beams. And then we have the machines that we can, we have big saws that you can just cut it down, but then we have like the coolest one we just got in was, uh, it's called a Mazak, and it's this giant laser, but it's for lasering tubes and angles and stuff. And so it, it grabs it and it slides it in, and then the laser is just in there, and it will turn the tube and put all the holes in it, and it'll, it'll tap the holes, and so that puts the threads in, so you got little screws, and you can screw stuff. I mean, it, it does it all, cuts it to length, cuts all the angles on it and everything. It's we just got that one in it. Actually, it's an upgrade from our old one. Our old one got like really worn out, so they bought a new one. And it's the there's only one other one that's the same size on the West Coast right now. Really? So we have like yeah, we have the biggest Mazak that you can get on the West Coast. There's only one other one on the West Coast that's that big. Pretty neat stuff. So like, is this a big shop or is this kind of a smaller shop? Um, it was a small shop. And then it got bought by a bigger company. They bought up all a bunch of little little shops around town and then um, combined them. And uh, they were just a steel um, service center. So people would call in and be like, oh, I want a quarter inch piece of sheet metal this size. 
and they give it to them. So they wanted to be able to service people more by having the ability to make what they want. So not just give them the material, but make the stuff for them as well. Like, so, oh, your shop has too much work right now. Well, we can do it too. So if you, if you want us to, we can build it for you too. And so I've worked for both ends. So now it's like big, it started out little and now it's big. It's, it's, yeah, that's it. All right. Like I, I appreciate what you did. My very first job was on an assembly line at a shop making water pumps. So I had to, to mill out all the pieces and attach it and then test it and then the O-rings never fit. And so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know that one. <laughs> O-rings oh, never fit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, how does this work? Is, is it like a, a one-off kind of thing? Like I call up and like, hey, I need this one thing or is it you do large orders or is it all of the above? So we're um, what they call a job shop. So we don't make anything specifically ourselves. We go out and we'll just get whatever work we can. And um, there's one company, uh, Bulk Handling Systems, and they make um, these giant recycling machines. Uh, and it sorts all the recycling. They, they said they had it down to where it'll actually take like the leftover food gunk on stuff and separate that out and put it in composting. I mean, it separates all everything out by itself. It's the machines are crazy, and so we build like the structure of it, and they put all the electronics and everything and put it together. And we signed a specific contract with them that they would come to us first for us to bid on the job. And so we have like a personal relationship with them. But then also, there are guys that will come in and be like, "I just need this cattle guard made. Like it's just my personal thing." Like but I don't, I'm not a fabricator. Could you build me a cattle guard? And we'll build his one cattle guard and then we'll never hear from him again, you know? And then there's other companies that kind of come and go. They're, they're just looking for the best price, you know? So they want the quality, but they want the best price too. So then there's like bidding wars. And, and right now with the economy the way it is, that there's a the work is slowed down. And so like uh, there's companies in California, Idaho trying to take, work out of Oregon. I mean, they're every, so, so it's, it's really competitive trying to get those jobs. So you gotta, when you're doing the job, you have to get it done as fast as you can, but you still want it to be the best that it can be. So right now it's kind of a tough time in, in our economy doing what I do. Certainly. So how did you get into this? Like, this doesn't just seem like something you just flop into one day. Uh, I actually, I, I kind of did just plop into it. Um, I, I worked at, I'm only on my third job in my life right now. Uh, I worked at McDonald's when I was a teenager. And then uh, my buddy got a job at a fab shop and they needed a riveter. And he's like, well, I got a friend that could come and, you know, it's, it's, it's not the tough stuff, you know, it's just heavy lifting. And so I was like, sure, you know, it pays better. So I went there and then uh, we were slow on riveting. So the guy, the in charge was like, Hey, you want to learn how to weld? And I was like, yeah, I'll learn how to weld. So he took me over to the weld cell, started showing me how to weld. And he was like, Hey, you're actually pretty good at this. And I was like, well, I know nothing. You know, you're the one showing me, you know, like this is on you. If I'm good at it, it's because of you, you know? And then, uh, I just kept learning as I went and, you know, you go and you get certified to do certain kinds of welding so that you can do better than different jobs. And, been up 20 years doing it now 
All right. So part of the purpose of my show is I'm trying to bring on guests that, you know, my audience goes, hey, that sounds really cool. Maybe that's something that I would like to do. So if somebody wanted to get into fabrication, what, what advice would you have for them in order to follow your path? Well, first of all, apply for the job. I mean, there's a lot of people, even where I work, like uh, the welders, they get paid the most out of everybody because of the, the skills required. I mean, you have to know pretty much everything that's going on. And there's people that are like, well, I want, I want to make that money. And we're like, well, anytime that they're hiring for welders, they want to hire internally. They want people to move up. You know, they don't want you to just be stuck doing, you know, sweeping the floors. You know, they want you to move up. And so they post for job openings and, and they, they complain to us like, oh, well, we want to make that kind of money. And we're like, well, apply for the job. Like, we can teach you. Like, there's plenty of guys that, that I work with that are smart, talented, that can show people how to do what we're doing. But if you don't apply yourself, if you don't put in for the job, you're, you're not going to get in. And if you're going to get in and if you want to really want to get in, go ahead and try for that sweeping the, the floor and then constantly be trying to up until you get to where you want to get. I love it. That's fantastic advice. Okay. Now, um, your extracurricular activities, you mentioned that you're in a band before we started. You want to talk about that? Uh, well, I'm not in a band anymore. Um, I used to be in a band. Yeah. Uh, we started playing music. My brother and my best friend and me, we started playing music when I was like 13. And uh, me and my friend kept playing and my brother stopped for a while. And we did a punk rock band when I was in high school. And then we did uh, like a psychobilly. It's like a rockabilly but like punk-ish. And then as we got older, my friend was like, dude, I really want to play bluegrass. And I was like, dude, my voice is not good for a bluegrass band, you know? And he was like, no, we, should, we, we need to, like, I want to play bluegrass. And so we got a couple, uh, his brother to play upright bass and a friend of ours to uh, play mandolin. And uh, we met this, this girl that played, a, it's, a, it's called a cajon. And it's a drum that you sit on. It's just, it's just this box. And depending on where you slap the box, it makes different drum sounds. And so she was really good at that. And so we just started playing bluegrass, but with basically like a punk twist to it because my voice is not bluegrass, you know, high and twangy, not, not me. I love it. All right, and your YouTube channel, what's that about? Um, I, I'll, I'll do, uh, I call, it's Nate Pants One, because I don't know how to change the name, so I'm not really smart at this stuff. I have to do all kinds of research whenever I do anything. Um, so it's Nate Pants 1, and I started out you know, playing video games and kind of doing tutorials. If I found something hard and then figured it out, I'd do a real quick video on it, like, oh, this is where this weapon is. You know, It took me forever to find it. Here, you don't have to look for it. You know, um, Or just playing games and just like with friends, you know, just hoping that it would entertain people. And then I started doing... Um, Kind of like a, a vlog where, or not a vlog, but you know, I, I tell stories. Like one day the cops came running down the road, me and my friend were out front, and uh, they're like, Oh, we need in your house. And we're like, Why do you need in my house? They're like, There's a dude in the river in handcuffs. We're like, Okay, go in my house, like get in the backyard, go. And well, they ended up catching him, but I told that story and like about my first job and just stuff like that. And then, uh, then uh, I took three of our old music 
our songs and did like collage of pictures and put them up there. So it's just kind of a scattering of my brain, uh, of my life in a way. I haven't posted anything probably in a year now because I really want to do it. I kind of, I like my job, but I would like to do what I'm passionate about instead. And I burnt myself out really fast. I was like, I'm going to put up a video a day. I'm going to put up a video a day. And then I burnt myself out. You know, I was working 10 hour days, uh, six days a week, my regular job. So then to come home and even do a 15 minute video, I mean, that burnt me out. So then I was like, Oh, I'll slow down. I'll just do like three videos a day. You know, and, and I was still just burning myself out. So I was like, I'm going to take a break. And then, you know, the world got crazy and there was some personal stuff that happened. And, you know, I just haven't got back to it. I'm actually just, pulled my laptop out and I was getting ready to uh, start doing it again. I just figured I'll just do it for funsies for now, you know? Honestly, that's the best way to start it or to yeah. do it for fun. And if it ever catches, then you can make something of it. Yeah. But this is cool. Uh, I'm going to ask one of those typical interview questions. Where do you see yourself in five years, Nate? Probably still welding stuff. Uh, I don't know, maybe move into management. They keep asking me, but. Well, it's on your back. I, I don't want to deal with the politics of it. <laughs> yeah, I understand that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like my job now, it's like I know exactly what I'm doing. I don't have to deal with any of the politics really. And then I talk to my boss and the stuff that he has to deal with. And it's like, I, I don't want to deal with any of that. Uh, so okay. I'd rather just keep what I'm doing now you know, when it starts to uh, be too physically demanding, then maybe, you know, start dealing with the politics of it. Sure. Yeah, it seems like you enjoy your job. You, you sit here smiling while talking about it. There's some people I've talked to, they're, they don't, clearly don't like their jobs. Um, what makes you good at your job? What skills do you have that somebody else doesn't? Uh, having an eye for detail, like... Um, some people, they want to just go really fast for one thing also, and knowing when to slow down, when to speed up, and then reading prints. Um, some people just can't. They look at a print and they're like, oh, it's like this. And you're like, well, look at it a little bit closer. Like, look at other prints, like make sure, you know, and they won't, they don't want to take the time to do that. And so, Slowing down when you need to, speeding up when you need to, and having an eye for details. Pretty what, much. Um, is there a particular reason that you you have that eye for detail? Did something happen that you're like, I need to make sure I pay closer attention, or you just always been that way? Uh, slightly OCD, you know. Um, if I do something once one way, I need to do it that way again, and it, it helps me not make mistakes because if I did it right the first time I do it the exact same way then it's not gonna be messed up and then I can go faster the next time and, and not mess it up for sure okay now kind of an interesting question for you if you could go back in time and you could talk to yourself right as you were getting out of high school and you could go hey little Nate this is what's gonna to happen to you over the next several years here's the one thing you need to know what do you tell them don't sell your van. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know. Life's going to be crazy, but just keep going with it. Like, I wouldn't be here where I, where I am now if, if 
things wouldn't happen the way they happened. So I'm happy where I'm at now. So maybe, yeah, just don't get rid of your van. Keep your van. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> okay. Kind of a, a personal question. Um, I believe we learn the most from our failures in life, you know, um, whether it's you screwed up really badly and you're like, I'm never going to make that mistake again, or it's a relationship or something. We usually learn more from our failures than our successes. And you're here, you have a, a job that you seem to love. What is something you have failed at in life and what did you learn from it? Oh, oh man, I, I, I've messed up pretty good. Uh, I bought a house, foreclosed on the house, got divorced all in a year. Um, mainly it, it made me reflect on myself and looking at what is happening around you more in the, the eyes of the people that are, that are dealing with it rather than what you feel that you would react to it. So I learned that I was overreacting to things that I shouldn't have been overreacting to. And I also realized that no matter how hard things get, like there's tomorrow, you don't, don't beat yourself up for it. Just, you know, put one foot in front of the other and keep moving on. Learn from it. You know, take that experience and don't let it happen again. Absolutely. I know a few people who could really learn that lesson. <laughs> oh, okay. How about this? What is something you're working to improve on in yourself today? Something I'm trying to... Probably working on my YouTube channel some more and like getting back to having fun doing it, you know, um, not letting myself get burnt out. Just, just take it for, you know, take it and, and have fun with it. Not, not, not push anymore, you know? Absolutely. One day at a time. Yeah. All right. How about this one? What is something that people misunderstand about you when they meet you for the first time? That I'm a nerd. Um, I mean, I, I, covered in tattoos and you know I'm all grizzled up and most of the time I'm in my work clothes my work boots I, I you know I, I I don't look like somebody that's going to go home and take a shower and then plop on the couch and play video games you know I'm you know I talking about books and you know and I mean I'm what I'm into the range is so huge and and you know somebody might meet me and they want to talk about hunting and fishing. And I'm like, yeah, I love hunting and fishing, you know? And then somebody else comes walking up. They're like, oh, hey, you know, that this new game's coming out. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm super excited about this, you know? Like, and so it's, my interests are so all over the place that it, if they just met me, it would be like, oh, you're a fabricator. You're, you know, you work with steel. Like, you can see it. Like, you're all covered in, in oil and stuff. And, you know, so, you know, you look kind of like a hillbilly, but you're actually just a big old nerd, you know? Like, what, what is that like when somebody who does not expect you to be a nerd, like, like oh, you're like a gamer? Uh, no, no, normally it's, because uh, when they meet me, like, they'll start talking about something. And, you know, like I said, my interests are so all over the place. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I know about that. And then we'll talk about it. And then usually what happens is then, a uh, mutual friend that knows me from like playing video games or, you know, whatever. Then we get together and then it, they're just kind of like, oh, so you do that too? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I, um, I'm into all of that. You know, it's, if it's fun, I like to do it, you know. 
So gone. All right. This has been an absolutely wonderful interview, Nate. How do people find you? Where are you on social media if they want to reach out to you? Uh, I'm not really on social media much. I need to probably fix that. Um, I'm probably, I'll, uh, just my YouTube channel, just Nate Pants One. And it's uh, Nate Pants spelled out with no spaces and then the number one with no spaces. Beautiful. Okay. Um, wrapping up, is there any last thoughts you want to share? Anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? No, no. It's been pretty fun. Absolutely. Well, I genuinely appreciate you coming on, Nate. This, this was a blast. I was sitting here listening to you. I'm like, what do I need fabricated? I'm sure I have a news <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> oh, there's always something. There's always something. All right. Well, I, I, I genuinely appreciate it. Thank you, Nate. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on here. Certainly. And for everybody else, I'm going to remind you all, don't be just a gamer, be a gamerpreneur. <laughs>